0: Hey everyone, Ellie Honig here, and I'm excited to bring you the audio of my weekly note to the CAFE community, where I analyze news at the intersection of law and politics. Before we get started, I wanna let you know about a new CAFE podcast, Now and Then, hosted by historians Heather Cox Richardson and Joanne Freeman. Every Tuesday, Heather and Joanne explore current events in the larger context of American history and look back at historical parallels to help us understand our present moment. You can listen to now and then on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I will have more news soon right here about an upcoming podcast that I cannot wait to unveil. I think you're going to love it. It draws on my experience as a prosecutor in the Southern District of New York. And I will leave it right there for now. Thank you all for listening. And as always, please send in any thoughts, comments, or questions to letters at cafe.com. And now, on to my note. the Justice Department has now filed charges against over 400 people who took part in the January 6th Capitol insurrection. That's good. Yet federal prosecutors have not filed a single charge of sedition against anyone. That's inexcusable. To be sure, DOJ has talked the talk. At his confirmation hearing, Attorney General Merrick Garland vowed with respect to the Capitol insurrection to pursue these leads wherever they take us and that we begin with the people on the ground and we work our way up to those who were involved and further involved. And in an interview on 60 Minutes, federal prosecutor Michael Sherwin, who inexcusably violated long-standing fundamental Justice Department policy when he commented publicly on a pending investigation, noted that, I personally believe the evidence is trending towards that, meaning sedition charges, and probably meets those elements. I believe the facts do support those charges. But thus far, DOJ's actions have not matched the rhetoric, and it's not clear what, if anything, Garland is waiting for. In fact, it's starting to look like DOJ might shy away from sedition charges altogether. On its face, sedition conjures dramatic images of mass rebellion leading to the overthrow of the federal government. And that worst-case scenario certainly qualifies under the seditious conspiracy statute, which criminalizes any plot to overthrow, put down, or to destroy by force the government of the United States. There's a reasonable argument that that's exactly what the January 6th insurrectionists were trying to do. Recall, for example, the chants about hanging the vice president and attacking the Speaker of the House as both leaders were whisked away by their Secret Service details just moments before the rioters breached the highly secure House and Senate floors. But prosecutors don't even need to prove that much because the sedition statute also has less dramatic applications. The law prohibits conspiracy by force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States. Plotting to prevent the counting of electoral votes by Congress certainly qualifies. Indeed, the Justice Department recently charged a group of oath keepers with the separate but similar federal crime of obstruction of an official proceeding. The Justice Department's failure to charge sedition in this Oath Keeper's case is particularly conspicuous because the facts alleged in the indictment plainly satisfy the legal elements of sedition. Obstructing a federal proceeding on its face also satisfies the sedition statute. And there's an even more mundane application of the sedition law. By force to seize, take, or possess any property of the United States contrary to the authority thereof. The Capitol building qualifies as property of the United States and the insurrectionists weren't exactly authorized to take over, done and done. So what's going on here? Why the hesitation from Garland and his prosecutors? Garland certainly seems to understand the stakes- He has publicly compared the present-day threat of domestic terror to the unimaginable horror of the 1995 bombing of the Oklahoma City Federal Building. Garland supervised the Oklahoma City prosecution during his earlier days at DOJ. Yet he's pulled up short on DOJ's charging decisions on the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Here's what I think is happening. The word sedition, like so much around the January 6th insurrection, has become politicized. Democrats and clear-eyed Republicans understand and publicly acknowledge the menace that democracy faced on January 6th, while delusional or just plain play-acting Trump sycophants pretend nothing much went down, normal tourist visits and such. Garland seemingly wants to keep DOJ out of the political fray, and sedition charges likely would add little or anything to the ultimate punishment faced by the charged defendants, In federal cases involving multiple charges, those charges tend to run concurrently, meaning at the same time, and the Oath Keeper's case, for example, likely would not result in any additional punishment if DOJ added a sedition count to the existing obstruction of an official proceeding charge. Why then should Garland put the Justice Department in the crossfire of political controversy by charging sedition? If that is indeed the thinking, it's a mistake. First, It simply is not the job of prosecutors to assess the prevailing political wins and then contort themselves to stay clear. You charge the case you have and let the chips fall where they will. If some politician doesn't like the name of the statute you've charged, well, too damn bad. And if others might use your indictment to rally a political cause, so be it. If the indictment is solid on the law and supported by the facts, then bring it. It's become apparent in recent weeks that DOJ will have a prominent role in setting the historical record straight about January 6th. Congress is not going to do the job, having shamefully run away from the obvious imperative to convene a bipartisan January 6th commission. In fairness, this one is squarely attributable, not to Congress as a whole, but rather to Senate Republicans who voted against the measure and leveraged the outsized power of the veto to kill the bill with just 35 no votes, along with 11 senators who courageously decided not to vote at all. President Joe Biden also has declined to pick up the mantle, declaring through his spokesperson in circular and confounding fashion that he won't appoint a January 6th commission because Congress should do it, even after Congress has voted not to do so. So let's get this straight. Congress won't do the job, yet Biden refuses to do the job because he thinks Congress should do it. The obvious, logical result, nobody's going to do the job at all. Biden's recalcitrance here is a mistake. With both Congress and the president bowing out, DOJ may be compelled to take the lead in marking the events of January 6th for history. No, it's not the Justice Department's job to run a commission or to author a commission-style report. And the events of January 6th go beyond the criminal conduct that's comfortably within DOJ's purview. But the Justice Department can and should do its part by charging all responsible persons with all applicable federal crimes, even those like sedition that might ruffle some feathers. Stay safe and stay informed, everybody.